Welcome everyone to another episode of Maybe Next Year, a podcast uh, that is working out the new audio kinks. Thanks to our friend David Leary. I think we've got it now, David. This is the second or third time we've had to hit record on the new software you suggested. But I think we are recording and hearing everybody. My name is Frank. I'm Paul. All right. And Scott will be with us shortly. Thank you, Daylight Savings Time, UK <laughs> edition, or... Is it day? Is, are we in savings time Actually, or standard? So, yeah, we're in savings and we're going to standard, right? Because you save the daylight when you move forward, so it's lighter later. So I think now we're getting back into the the darkness. Right, but called. he's in the new one. He's already in the future. Right, so he's in he's in standard. We're still in daylight savings. Yeah. Anyway, so. the point is he's he's now putting children to bed that he would normally be recording time, and we also have things to do on a Friday for the first time in a long time. So. We're going to get this podcast started without him. I assume that everything we say he'll agree with. Um, but <laughs> As he should. I'll tell you what. Uh, it, it, another uh, program, Other programming with an interesting first half was the Buffalo Bills with the, with the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Um, because they won the game 27-17, largely on the strength of almost entirely the first half. Um, the Bills had a rather uh, uncharacteristic win. And truly, like for this year, an uncharacteristic like, antithetical second half i mean they've never been outscored in the second half they were they were they'd only allowed one touchdown in the second half up until uh the kansas city game uh and here they were outscored 10 to 3 in the second half it wasn't enough to overcome the initial first half put up by the bills who you know looked pretty solid in that first half they looked they looked um kind of unstoppable then they looked a little little off kilter through the middle of the game uh and coupled with a strange Green Bay choice to continue to run the football rather than try and catch up. Uh, it, it, it added up to a Bills 27-17 victory. Aaron Rodgers does get to 200 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Aaron Jones, 20 carries, 143 yards on the ground for the Packers. But the Bills, you know, Devin Singletary, 14 carries, 67 yards. James Cook gets involved. Josh Allen, 218 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. I'm sure we'll talk about those interceptions. Yep. Um, and Stefan Diggs, I think, is one more player to highlight six catches for 108 yards and one touchdown. And truly, um, was I, I, I can't imagine that Scott won't come back with him as the first star because he absolutely defined the offense for the Bills. And, and truly, he was the difference maker in the game, even though he wasn't the only person to score. Uh, Paul, why don't you give us your thoughts on the game here and uh, we'll get started here. Sure. I see Scott has returned, but is wisely staying on, on mute because why Very interrupt good. my genius thoughts on this game? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you hit you hit most of the high points on this, Frank. It was a weird to wake up, to, to go to bed Sunday night and to wake up Monday morning and feel kind of, eh, you know, eh, about a game that was a win over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. By double digits. It, by double digits. That was not even in doubt. At any The closest it got to being in doubt uh, it was at the end of the game. You're thinking, well, if the Packers score here, recover an onside kick, and, that, and when you get to that point of things, it's really a game you've had well in hand. And they didn't even make that kick and get, uh, get to the onside kick portion of things. So it was a dominant first half of football, as is, is Frank noted. Uh, the best we've, you know, the usual stuff we see out of Josh Allen, the usual stuff we see out of Stephon Diggs. Very few mistakes and just very clean, robust football to assign the word robust to a football game. Sure. Second half, very much like watching to me a 2019 Bills game. You had mm. a defense that was keeping the opponent from scoring for the most part, but was just giving up giant chunks of yards on the ground. 
could not, uh, you know, keep their opponents from running the clock. And an offense that showed some, you know, usual spark plays by Josh, and it just looked uh, like on point, and then would end with an extremely ill-advised interception. And that happened twice. So that 2019 team went 10-6. and six. It was not a bad team, but it's not the level, the quality of team that we are used to seeing from the Bills. So I think what is good news is that this is now our standard for what a bad Bills game is. Right. And that is really a refreshing change of pace. The I, w- I, I was informed, and none of us were around watching Bills football in the 1970s, that the Bills in the OJ era used to be critiqued for being in these types of games and then running the football when they really need to pass to get back into it. Uh, so the fact that the Bills couldn't develop a running game in the second half was not a big deal because the Packers chose to run the clock out for them. Yes. Uh, an odd decision, in fact, one which will help the uh, the running back uh, totals for them and one which will you know do a number on the Bills' defense. But this was a good situation to have that happen. And why were you getting gashed? You know, who was out of their lane? What were they trying differently? And how can you adjust to that? And it's good to learn those lessons in a controlled victory. So not a satisfying win in the sense that, you know, I didn't feel like going out and getting drunk and just really celebrating how awesome it was. (laughs) But a satisfying win in the fact that, okay, this is a team that can make mistakes against, you know, the two-time reigning MVP in the NFL and come out of it with a comfortable win before they go on the road against a divisional opponent. So I'll, I'll wrap up my thoughts there. Yeah, let me – well, with Scott kind of on the side here, um, I'll, uh, I'll probably I, – I could try and channel him, but I don't think I could quite do it justice. <laughs> um, but I, I would like to point out, like, the some of the running for me in the second half was clearly by design because mm-hmm. it wasn't just that they were running – it was that until like the absolute last minute of the game, they did they weren't passing like at all. Like it felt like whole drives were running, um, and so you know there's that adage about running to set up the pass. This felt more like this felt like one of those Bills Patriots games that would get away from the Bills in the final quarter, where the Bills would do a lot of things to control the clock and keep the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. And they never quite were able to convert. And it was sort of like the, it was sort of like the terrible game plan from, a, a you know, I, they looked unconfident in the pass until they absolutely needed it. I wouldn't be surprised if you know, Aaron. I mean, Aaron Rodgers obviously had a thumb injury. I wouldn't be surprised if there was some passing issues. They they also lost some players in the yep. course of the game. So there there was a lot going on. Uh, credit to the rookie. I forget his name. In in um. He caught one of the touchdowns. I can find it. Oh quickly. yeah, Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs. I yeah. mean, his his two or three catches were, um, were Those outstanding. That, that one on Tehran, the the touchdown against Tehran Johnson. I thought. I remember we we covered a game a while ago where AJ Green caught a ball against Leotis McCalvin, and we all said, Leotis, you you did everything you could do there. That was near perfect right. defense. You could just not do anything to defend AJ Green on that play. Same with Dobbs on that touchdown. Absolutely. She, um, um, he, uh, just absolutely caught a great, I mean, it, it they were, they were remarkable catches, but you can tell like with, with Rogers throwing 30 attempts, like most of those were very early and at, at the very, very end of the game. And the entire middle was running while they were down by multiple scores. It was a strange thing. The thing, the other thing I'd wanted to bring up when we haven't talked about the defense, I mean, not three sacks on, on, on Rogers, you know, Rousseau, Tim Settle and, um, 
and Miller. No, it wasn't Miller. Who was it? It was Rousseau, Tim Settle, and <sighs> maybe it was only two sacks. No, it was yeah, only maybe. two sacks. My bad. I can't think of who it was if it wasn't there because I remember. No, it was only two sacks. I had counted wrong. Um, Matt Milano with the interception. Um, They did have some really good defensive play despite the gashing on the ground. I feel like nobody wants to give up that many yards on the ground, but I think Leslie Frazier was very happy to say, you know, throughout the game, okay, if you think you can run the whole half and make up 14 points— Go for it. But we don't really think you can do that. Um, And, you know, it got a little dicey at the end, but not really. Um, What I wanted to talk about, though, to to finish up with this, uh, Josh Allen's two interceptions, I mean, both of them were absolutely bonehead throws. (laughs) I was glad that he more or less called them bonehead throws at the end. What startled me was the sequence of that to start the second half was – and I believe I've done a good job of shying away of psych- psychoanalyzing players from the, the, t- the couch. But the only thing I could say looking at their play and looking at kind of their faces was they were sort of angry and wanting to make things happen. I think they, in my mind, the story I have written for myself, uh, for myself is th- like they were really frustrated with Jair Alexander's talking. Mm-hmm. There was the... I sent you guys the the NFL films of the of the Diggs fumble where there was like the the scrum and somebody steps on his hand and it's it gets a really ch- choppy and then they go right to Diggs for the touchdown, um, which is great because everybody knows they're throwing to Stephon Diggs and they still can't do anything about it. Um, but I think that maybe what might have happened in that second half to start was to me the impression I got anyway was they were so f- trying to force things to happen that they got really careless because especially the one down you're in field goal territory. I know Josh Allen is a smart enough quarterback to throw a football away. I've seen him do it now. Like it's, it wasn't just that he threw a pick. It was that where he threw the pick and how he threw the pick was unlike anything I had seen in three years from him. It was low and away short of the goal line in the center of the field, right? It wasn't the, I'm going to throw to the back of the end zone and see if one of my guys can make a play on it. You know, that one in particular was just gross. And to me, I think that that was based on there was an emotional component there to me that uh, from from my perspective, uh, I'm not saying that has to be the case. I'm just saying I wouldn't be surprised if they if, if in a very honest moment they were like, yeah, we were trying to stick it to him and then we got a little caught up in it and, and, and played stupid. Because that's that's what it felt like to me. Do you yeah. have any any reaction uh, yeah, to that? I, I, I think that's a good a good thought. I don't know if that's the truth any more than you do, but I do know Josh Allen has said in the past that he doesn't like to get too amped up while playing because when he has, he's found that's when he doesn't play very well. And I think he very well may have been amped up from everything that happened with Diggs and, and Jair Alexander and all the the scrums that were going on, just the the back and forth through the game. I think his adrenaline got flowing a lot and he tried to do too much. Again, he did try to do too much. He admitted that. And I'm glad he recognized that. And I think what you've suggested is a viable reason. And I will add, it could have been exacerbated by the fact that with the Packers running the ball so well, the offense didn't really get on the field much in the, the second half. Yeah. They're used to being out there in the third quarter, scoring two more touchdowns, and then sitting on the bench the rest of the game with a, a job well done. But they never had that chance because they could never quite 
pull away because they weren't really getting on the field much. So I think that might have also added to the frustration in addition to the the battles between Alexander and uh, the other defensive back for the Packers, whose name I can't think of. And yeah, Diggs. the guy who came over in uh, Douglas, Rasul Douglas, maybe. Might have been Douglas. Yeah, yeah. I. Uh, oh, he's not coming up. Yeah, Rasul Douglas. Good, yeah. good call. He had the, he had one of the interceptions, and Alexander had the other. Yeah. So I think you're 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 definitely onto something with that. And uh, again, as I said in my recap. I like when you learn these lessons in a win. In yes. A, in a handy win. So now when you go into next week against the Jets, you're not going to make these same uh, unforced errors, uh, hopefully. And, right. and, you know, you'll figure you'll figure things out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's 100% true. And I think that it, what, it was nice, too, that it wasn't like a total runaway win either. It was kind of they had to weather the storm at the end. So it did get a little dicey. And it was truly kind of... You know, it could have been it could have been consequential as opposed to, um, you know, you make mistakes and, and you don't really care anymore. Yep. Uh, we will get to three stars when Scott's available for them. Um, but in the interim, we should probably talk about some of these fantastic trades that Brandon Bean made at the uh, at the at the, uh, the, at the deadline. Yeah, the deadline. It was an, it was a veritable hockey uh, <laughs> day on trade deadline day. Is there some? Do you know? Is there some reason that it was like that this this year? Or did they say it was like? Had they changed something that made I, it so much more likely, or is it just new GMs kind of? Yeah, I, th- I think it's new GMs being smarter, and this is a good another one of those good off season discussions we'll never actually have in the off yeah. season, but we don't want to waste too much time with it now. But I think GMs are thinking when they when they're doing the cap now, they're not going right up against because they're like, okay, I might want to make some moves in year to bring right. some players in if we're contending or I might want to dump some of these salaries if we're not contending. I think GMs are taking a different approach rather than we're all going all in every year. And I think we're kind of seeing the results of that because I think this is about maybe the second time in four years or three. There was a one, two or three years ago where all of a sudden the trade deadline things heated up. But yeah, for the most part, it's been quiet. But yeah, well, it was a record setting. Year. It was a record setting day. I know that the 10 trades on trade deadline day was the most ever in the NFL. Um, including two by the Bills with uh, Nahim, 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 uh, Hines. Nahim, I think it's Nahim, but I yeah. could be. I, you know, I realize I've read his name a thousand times, and I yeah. don't know if I've heard it said yet. Uh, Mr. Hines is a running back from <laughs> from Indianapolis uh, Colts. He was uh, in a in a very full backfield with uh, Jonathan uh, Taylor, and um, he now comes to Buffalo. He is very fast. He's a pass catcher. Uh, the Bills have already re- – like the, the Josh Allen has already remarked on how fast he was. I saw he was doing one of the live Instagram sing-alongs on Fridays in the locker room that the, that the guys seem to do. So already fitting right in, um, which is good. And uh, he, he was acquired for running back Zach Moss and a conditional sixth rounder, which could become a fifth rounder, um, which – uh, we could make a joke about whether if Zach be, Zach Moss being included made that draft pick better or worse, um, <laughs> but I am very happy that Zach Moss gets to go somewhere else um, yeah. and do something else. I never got I, the, the the nice thing about Zach Moss is I never got the sense that like he was a bad guy or wasn't trying or you know I, McDermott never used any of those code words that he started using with like Starla Tulale. Uh, or and, Calvin and Benjamin, another Calvin guy. Benjamin, where he was, or you know, where or even Zay Jones, who yeah. who had some issues. Like you never heard any of that out about Moss. I think he just didn't quite fit in, 
largely, I am sure, because, you know, has been, as has been said before, they ended up getting two Devin Singletary's when really what they wanted was a Devin Singletary and a James Cook right. um, kind of it, balance. It, Sorry, go I, ahead. I'd, I'd read, too, that in 20 – and it explains why I had such a good season in 2019 that they have changed – their offensive line run blocking scheme since 20 or 2020 excuse mm -hmm. me so when he came in in 2020 they had these more man-to-man -man type blocking schemes now they use more zone blocking schemes with a, and have pulling guards and, and right. pulling centers even on on sometimes with mitch morris and doing things like that and that isn't really fit with moss's uh run style as much and so yeah i'm sure he's he's struggled a bit with the bills on his own but it's possibly just doesn't run very well in this scheme because 2020 i thought oh that we all agreed at the end of the 2020 season he was the bill's best back he was looking better he, than singletary yeah and they they changed a lot of things and you thought he was going to take the singletary spot and see if somebody else would come in yep. um i think the thing though that i am really happy about with this trade is it's not an over an investment you know we had talked about you know cmc and i know there was a lot of talk about kareem hunt i'm glad we dodged that bullet but to me the Bills don't run the football, and it's not just because they can't run the football. As the st as I'm sure people who watched the game saw, the Bills are the only team to have 100 yards rushing each game they've played. It's it's now that's a very low threshold, and it's sort of like a wonky stat that maybe doesn't say all that much. But I think when you I think it creates the right cognitive dissonance, if I could use such a nice phrase, uh, oh, right. with, with with people who want to say that the Bills are terrible at running the football. The Bills choose to run the football the way they choose to run the football, and they don't really want to invest in it. They're they're not going to. What they want is their running backs and Josh Allen to create just enough running space to take pressure off of Josh Allen throwing the football and in, so instead of like going all out and getting a person who's like, you know, like AJ Dillon um, and Aaron Jones, like those guys don't really make sense on the Bills either because you're not running that type of blocking. You're you're not. You're, you're doing something different. So I'm very happy that they went with this guy. I think Hines being the pass catcher that he is and like a kick returner and punt returner. I think this says a little bit about Isaiah McKenzie, who's been very disappointing yeah. in the slot. And I think that they want another underneath option that they're not getting with him. Um, and that's really – so if you can do that with him and Cook and and and, um, and Singletary, that suits what they want to do more. So I'm very thrilled that they seem to have gotten a guy that makes sense, and more importantly, very cheaply, very, very cheaply, because now you're not going to feel – you know, like you have to keep him for next year or or necessarily retain Singletary or anything like that. Like you're you're as open as you ever were at running back going into next year. Although I, I should look at his thing because I his. Um, yeah, um, I think they his contract, I believe what I read is that he they can it's non-guaranteed after this season. So if they want to keep him, they can keep right. him at a slightly higher than you might want to pay amount, but not an exorbitant amount. Exactly. OK, good. Um, well, spot track is down, so I can't actually look at that right now. But I did see in that that seems to make sense based on what Google came up with. The other big trade is another small trade, and it brings back Dean Marlowe from the Atlanta Falcons home to Buffalo. His wife was very happy on Instagram. <laughs> Tears I saw, of joy. I well, good for her. That it's so nice to be able to kind of do that when you're yep. look when you're Dean Marlowe, you're not calling a lot of shots. You, okay, <laughs> you're kind of showing up. He's a very nice player. He is knows the system it is a great fit for him to be in buffalo but he's not out there 
He's not even, you know, he's not in like that even the Levi Wallace bucket where he can kind of go where he wants depending on what he's willing to get paid. So to bring him back where somewhere they like to be, that's great for him. Um, Jordan Poyer is out, spoiler alert, uh, for this week. Yep. I think that he could step in quickly. I think that, you know, uh, I was initially concerned about them bringing Marlowe back in a trade, but that doesn't really make sense from a Bean perspective anyway. Like, he's not the kind of guy who would try and replace that. I think the other good thing is, you know, Poyer doesn't get put to the IR either on that big transaction right. day. So he, you know, he clearly is in a spot where they think he can progress and get healthy enough to play. If not, you know, he's not playing this week, maybe in the next week or two. So good news there. But Paul, thoughts on Dean Marlowe coming coming home to Buffalo? Yeah, we'll start with uh, with Dean. I think that Brandon Bean had mentioned this was one of about 10 safeties they had looked at and considered. Uh, I think they made the right call. They paid very little by NFL standards for him. Uh, yeah. They, what, a, a seventh rounder. I don't know the last seventh rounder to make the bills, to be to be honest. Might be Stevie Johnson. Might, it might be. Uh, <laughs> actually, wait, date was Dane Jackson a seventh or a sixth? So it could have been Dane a few years back, but this year it was Luke Tenuda. He was on the opposite sideline Green Bay this week. Jack Anderson the year before. They just... It's a long road to make this roster as a seventh-round pick. So they you probably do know that you do know the last corner person to come. It is in fact Dane Jackson, Dane Jackson. cornerback, seventh round. All right, but yes. few and far between, and you know. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's tough to make that, or even as a sixth rounder with this squad. And so to be able to give up a seventh, get a guy who's going to give you that safety depth, who's going to make you a little more comfortable back there than Demar Hamlin, Jaquan Johnson will. I think that's great. I do think the only person this is bad news for is Jaquan Johnson. We kind of had the right on the wall, I think, a bit with him when we all expected him to step in once Hyde went down, but they went with Hamlin instead yeah. at that safety slot. And so I think maybe they're, they're – and this is Jaquan's last year of his contract, so I'm curious if they move on from him. But good for Dean. Uh, if he can fill in for a few weeks here, hopefully Jordan is, is back and healthy for the playoffs. That would be that would be great news. And then Hines, yeah, this is going to address – I'm going to knock out two listener questions in one here while we Perfect. assess this, because we had one question from Matt who asked, what different ways do you think the Bills will utilize Hines? And I think you you hit on this a bit, Frank. I think they're they're not thrilled with how Isaiah McKenzie has is, is stepped up. This is McKenzie's fifth year on the team now, which is hard to believe. He's one of the, the veterans uh, who goes all the way back to the beginning of the practically the beginning of the Bean era, coming midway mm -hmm. through the 2017 season, but or 2018 season. But he is he is not really he's done fine. He's just been the Isaiah McKenzie we've always seen. He hasn't stepped on from de into being something greater. We haven't gotten to see it with Crowder because unfortunately he's out for the, the year with the injury he got. Like they're probably looking for a little more help in that slot position. And I also think they want someone again for the return game. You mentioned, yes, it's McKenzie's on the kick returns, you know, maybe he takes that spot. They've been using Khalil Shakir on the punt returns. Mm -hmm. He's done well. But you almost would rather have the veteran for the, the ball control reasons, just like they used Micah Hyde for punt returns in the playoffs last year instead of McKenzie because yep. they wanted someone who was, that they, they felt was reliable. So I think we're going to see him in the return game. I think we're going to see him minimally in the, the pass, in the running game, just because they asked what they asked to, um, Brandon Bean what effect this is going to have on James Cook, and he said very minimal. I expect we'll still see a fair amount of snaps from him. I, I think we might see more multiple running back sets than we used to see uh, out of the Bills b before they acquired Hines. So I think it's going to it's gonna help this offense. And yeah, this, it gives you, if you have an additional pass catching threat for 
Josh Allen that you can get for a conditional sixth rounder and a running back you're not using, who's been a healthy scratch most weeks and yeah. who last week was active but was the only active player uh, on offense to not get an offensive snap besides Case Keenum. So right. what we know what's the point of him being being out there. So I think this was the right trade uh, for the Bills, and it's one of those where if everything we've said ends up being crap and it doesn't work out, you're on the hook for nothing at the end of the season, and you're right. out a seventh-round pick you are probably not go- who's probably not going to make the team anyway. Yeah, well, although to, although to I just I, as I think about all these questions with the secondary, I am again baffled. Christian Veneford, <laughs> sixth-round pick, yep. and honestly, I don't think about him. I, yeah. Which is amazing that I sit there and I go, yeah, like they're a little thin at corner, but I don't ever, th- I don't ever think of them getting like super exploited in the pass game. Knock on wood. Yeah, and- they're they're about to have a problem when Trey White comes back because it's like, okay, it's White, <laughs> and then if you bring Jackson out there, who by all uh, accounts has really earned that spot, he's earned the spot, right? Yeah, he's but then, then well. Elam and Benford are going to the bench, and how often are these guys going to play? Who've had such a good chance to develop that they're not going to that development's going to be slowed a bit by not being able to get on the field this is a good problem that we haven't had it's a please. great yeah. problem if only we could teach one of them to play safety <laughs> yeah like it might you know it might and we'll have to see maybe there is some something like that or you know maybe yeah, they already converted a- cam lewis to like they still play cam lewis at cornerback occasionally but when he's out there he's primarily a depth safety at this point yeah so, yeah so we'll have to actually see, and it might come as early as this week if trey white plays they might have to kind of we might see uh, the beginnings of how they juggle them all together um but it's 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 wild i mean like that their their depth at corner at least is is pretty impressive um as as you mentioned we've also traded for this player from a team called pup um (laughs) and we sent wide receiver isaiah hodgins in uh defensive tackle is it Brand, what, it's what? Brandon Bryan. I Brandon put the D Bryan. This is this is insight to all of our listeners into how I do the notes. I put B Bryan because I worried Frank might read it so quickly and see defensive tackle Bryan and just instinctively say Corbin Bryant. No. So I put the B there. So it was Brandon Bryant. Brandon Bryant. Yes. They they get they get sent off into space. Um, and and <laughs> though and, Isaiah Hodgins has returned from space. Yes, the, he's landed in New Jersey. Yes. And good for him. Uh, that's great. But Trey White will is now on the active roster. He. He has been a, a full – he is listed as day-to-day. Not listed. He's yeah, he listed as day-to-day. And ignore my notes on the injuries because the new injury report just came out. Uh, yes, I saw the Friday injury report. Um, every, every Everybody is – I'll pull it up. Um, but what I, I was thinking was um, how, you know, in, in this life, aren't we all day-to-day? I mean, we if are we're being indeed. honest. That's what life uh, is like, <laughs> the day-to-day life. And as I said on Twitter, the guy who comes back to the practice squad – completely forgot we signed Xavier Rhodes. I did too. 100% <laughs> totally forgot that that was a thing we did in the offseason. Like, he yeah, there's something good cornerback depth because Trey's gone, and then we had the Right, other remember, it was, like, such an urgent, like, hopeful signing. Yep. Like, oh, Dave Jackson has broken in. his neck. That Xavier Rhodes is going to help so much. and yeah. Right. Nothing. Nope. He completely <laughs> left my mind because I haven't thought about the secondary – at all uh other than i i want the safeties to stop getting hurt but they're 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 you know it's it's a remarkable kind of story um i saw another one of your questions uh on twitter paul yes um that it said what did it say it said uh this is from david leary who who recommended our new our new uh our new sound software 
um, a text from his friend, Eric, or maybe not. He just has a text, a text to Eric after the, the Heinz trade. Uh, the Bills are better today than they were yesterday. The rest of the AFC is probably, fuck, do you concur? I don't. Yeah. I, I, do, I concur that they are better than they were yesterday. I don't think. The Dolphins got Chubb, though. That that helps That's them. That's exactly where I was going. <laughs> I think the Dolphins are not sitting here going, we are screwed. I think the Dolphins are here saying, we've played, we play, we're playing better now than we played against Buffalo when we beat them, which I think is true. Mm-hmm. We have beat them. We need to add more. And they went out and they got, I mean, Chubb is a great, you know, defensive player. He's going to create... It's going to create a problem for the Bills. I think that yeah. it, he's that good. They will now have to – it will change the complexion of the And he signed for, for a multi-year deal after he got traded yeah, there. No, so he's it's here. not like it's going to be the rest of the season we have to deal with him. We've got to deal with him in future seasons. Right. I'm not as worried about this week's opponent, the Jets, but I can't wholly dismiss them. They're, they're, they're playing some teams. Yeah. I think Kansas City – I never. I think Kansas City will never feel like that um, yeah. ever as long as they have Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think the other teams in the other divisions, you think about, you know, I think other teams, if I was a team of, if I was a fan of like the Ravens or the Titans, I think I am more concerned about getting through my own schedule than anything Buffalo is doing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's only like, I'm sure they looked at him like, yeah, they got a little bit better. I think most people will be worried. Would have been more worried if they if they had landed someone like Chubb or the other Josh Allen or whatever, um, you know. But with these are kind of smaller signings. I think that that just leaves those teams worrying about, you know, you know they they got to get to January. Everybody else has to get to January, and I don't. I think other than the Chiefs and the Bills, I think everyone else is ripe to to miss it because. The West teams and the East teams are going to be looking at wild cards. Mm-hmm. I think that the South, probably the Titans are going to make yeah. it. But there's you just know. no one else, and it's not because I'm so super impressed with the Titans. Yes, no. they've won five in a row, but but who else? <laughs> Tell me who else in that division? Yeah, that is you know, like you, I get even like Jacksonville, who people think are playing better, like they're two and six. Like they just sort of are losing these wonky games. Yeah. Like they they have. They have 20 more points than than their opponents, but they've only won two games. So, like, that's out of whack. The Ravens, like, they, they're going to be thinking about the Bengals. The tight, you know, they, the Bills are, were already at the top of the mountain. The fact that they nudged up and stood on their tippy toes, probably not impacting a lot of teams. But they certainly are better than they were. Right, uh, I'm trying to think who they could have acquired. I mean, yeah, maybe McCaffrey could have made them like. It would have been that over, kind of signing, yeah. and again, I think that that would have that would have made people think that, but I don't think it actually would have helped as much as maybe really these two signings will. Right, it really fits with what they want to do. Of course, we have the OBJ fit. concerns at the end of November as well. So that will move the needle. Yes, that will be a you know, you know, I'm excited because I'm looking at things like. I think the Eagles could beat the Bills. I think the Eagles are good. Yeah, yeah. I watched that was them. A, they... that was, I watched that game last. It was it was one of two Philly Houston games I watched last night. Actually, <laughs> uh, going between them both, and I I would say, and that was a game I was watching. Thinking, I don't even think the Eagles are playing their best ball right now. No, they're clearly so talented that they can get away with it not playing their best ball, like the Bills did against the Packers. Yeah, 
Um, I they they seem to run the ball a lot more than the Bills do, yeah. but they they have a nice, they have a good team, you know. And Jalen Hurts is very efficient and good. Like I'm not going to say efficient the way I say efficient about. <laughs> yes, yeah, like, we don't good. mean that. We mean for a second, was second year QB. He is. He's yeah. shown that that rapid improvement that you wanted. Uh, you know, at a QB at that stage of his career. So we'll have to keep. You know, but that's a good problem to have when you're when you're gonna. You know, the next time you'd see them would be in the Super Bowl. Uh, Adam, sorry, Adam had said that nobody needs to worry about Green Bay and offense because Alex had said, wasn't it weird to watch the Bills game miss the Bills misfiring on offense for a while, for a whole half, and not to feel any worry about Green Bay coming back to take the game? I'd say in the last about four minutes, I had a little bit of worry. Like, <laughs> like really? Or like when they started passing and they moved the ball down that one time, I realized it was still a mega long shot, but I was not thrilled that I was now in the 10 point range as opposed to the you know, 13 or whatever point range it was before that. Right. We actually had to pay attention there at that point. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I had I, wanted to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking this will be an early, I thankfully took off the next day, but I would otherwise be like, it's Monday morning tomorrow. Come on guys. Let's give me some rest. <sighs> well, uh, we have talked about the green Bay game. We've actually run through the questions. Yeah. We've we talked have. about I the th- yeah, you got all. I think we got all the questions, right? Adam. Yeah, yep. Yep. We didn't get you know to Joe's question, but that's got to wait for uh, that has to wait for Scott. Scott, Yeah. Um, injury report, right? Here's the Friday injury report. I'm, I'm here. I can, hey, he's yay! here. Hey. hey, now Scott will be like, all right, three stars from the green Bay game that we talked about <laughs> 20 minutes ago. Yeah. Do you want to just do 10 minutes on everything we said? <laughs> or what? Yes. <laughs> yes. All of you are wrong about all of your opinions. So I will detail those opinions. Well, why don't you, now. why don't you give us three stars and any, and any thoughts about the game, the trade, the trades mm-hmm. that you want to mention, um, you okay. know, take a couple minutes and, and I'll have a sip of water yes. and uh, we'll go from there. Okay. Yes. Uh, the game, uh, I think you guys hit plenty of good stuff. I think, um, yeah, it was a little concerning um, in the, in the, at the end of the game um, with Rogers, you know, you can never really completely count him out, even if, you know, obviously they have a lot of problems on that team right now. Um, but yeah, I know. I think it was good to see them kind of, you know, not quite going through the motions, but yeah, like you were saying, not playing their best ball and still getting the W. Um, I think I'm a little concerned about what you guys were saying. I think it was correct about the kind of the emotional play and that that was in many reasons. I, I still think that's the reason they lost the Jacksonville game last year was too many guys getting under their skin, playing with playing physical, playing, you know, past the whistle, kind of trying to rile them up, get them off their game a little bit, get them overthinking and trying to play, not playing cool, calm and collected and just kind of, you know, uh, and, and playing, playing hot-headed, And I think that's, again, like if you're, if you're every other team in the league, you, you're not probably going to beat the bills straight up man to man. So you have to get them off. You have to get the bills off their game somehow. And that means getting inside their heads one way or another. And that's the way to do it. And obviously the bills were, were the better team today, better team that day. Um, and we're able to get through it, but it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's, it didn't, it wasn't effective a little bit in terms of, um, getting Allen to kind of rise up and 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 play play angry, which in, in his case, like we don't need him to play angry. Just just be normal, and you'll you'll still beat them, and that's the most important thing. Um, going on to three stars, I was going to give the uh, honorable mention to Romeo Dobbs, who had a nice nice little game for the Packers there. Um, then your four catches, sixty two yards, and touchdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, your honorable mention or your third star, excuse me, goes to. Uh, Tim Settle, three tackles, yes. one right. uh, one sack, one pass deflection that led to an interception. Um, 
again, a kind of an undersung uh, hero on the, the defensive line. Um, in general, like, like we said, you know, uh, I'm a little less sanguine about the run defense. I don't think that Leslie Frazier was particularly thrilled with seeing them kind of run sweep after sweep and pick up major yards. Um, but, but at the same time, like, yes, like that's, a bit of a strategic choice, but there's also a point at which it, it's like, well, you, you could also just, you, you could stop the run defense. You could stop them in the run game too. Right. right. It's not like I had Frank one or the that other. point on Twitter and then Frank, Frank followed up with, but at some point you do have to tackle. Yeah, that's literally <laughs> what I was going to say. It was like, it's, like, it's fine to let them run, but at some point you do need to tackle them. <laughs> yes. Um, so, so that's, that's, that's fine. But otherwise, um, you know, but at a good pass rushing and kind of getting Rogers, in Rogers' head a bit on the on the uh, on the pass defense, and then second star uh, goes to um, Steph Diggs fighting through it, six catches, 108 yards, and a touchdown. And first star Josh Allen, not not his best first star game, 13 and 25, 218, two touchdowns, the, the two late interceptions. Um, who was it? I came in right at the end, Frank, and where you said he must be the first star, and then I was like, well, it was Steph Diggs. I said Steph okay. Diggs needs to be first star, and I thought there was a chance you wouldn't list Allen at all because he had such a a, a shit second half. I I he was, you are the 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 steward of of the three stars, and I will I will cede to you. But I am a little surprised. He was he was off. I I mean I think I think Diggs um no Diggs had a Diggs had a good game. He had a second star game. I I, I think obviously Allen is the one who has to 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 do everything on the offense. All right. The time. So I guess, you know, he gets he gets, sometimes I, I think he's probably had games where he was playing better than this and got a second star for one way or another. So maybe he gets a little one back here. But um, okay. yeah, or you can just argue with me and say I'm wrong, whatever. No, no. I In terms Again, of, you are the king of three stars. If you say he's the first star, you know, so say we all. I'm saying you you the corporate listeners of the podcast. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> are, are legions of fans. Um, the the uh, what I will say in terms of the trades, um, I think it's, yeah, it's good to have Hines. I don't think I'm, you know, he's not going to change the way we run things too much. Um, I think he's a good depth piece to have. I'd rather have, um, you know, him, Cook, and Singletary than Cook, Singletary, and Moss. I think that's definitely the, the he's an upgrade over that. Um, I, I do think we could use him a little bit in the McKenzie thing. I think McKenzie's worse now than he was last season, functionally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know how, um, but he seems to have <laughs> – I don't know if he – if he. It, it's entirely possible that he cracked under the pressure. Like, he he, he doesn't he, – I mean, and again, like Isaiah, I hope it's not true. Maybe there's something physical going on. Uh, maybe he was the, concussed. The, I think we should roll that in a little. Like That could think, be part of it. Right. Yeah. It could be Ken Dorsey and, and the new offense. Maybe he's not – picking it up, even though there's a lot of the same concepts. Um, you know, they, they definitely, I feel like I've seen less. Um, they, they did have him on an end around uh, on, on Sunday where he did get the, the touchdown, but I've seen less of that in general um, this year than last year. Right. So that might be him not having the ball as much, maybe throwing him off. I don't know what it is, but I think he just looks worse. So, I, you know, I hope he gets better. Um, if Hines ends up doing that work, then that just shows you that, yeah, maybe, maybe McKenzie's just not, it's not, not working out for one reason or another. Right. And remember, um, he was a guy that then, got off the Bronco, a bad Broncos team's practice squad in 2018. You get four mm -hmm. decent seasons out of that guy and him to be a contributor in what's hopefully, you know, a year where you're going to keep going in the playoffs. I think you're very happy with that investment, even if he didn't 
do yes. what we'd hope to at this point, even if he didn't but develop I, I, into what we thought he could develop into. Yeah, but I think especially with, I mean, obviously I think it was probably originally supposed to be Jamison Crowder, but yeah. you know, you you have him on that role because you think he can you can step up, and as we were saying, like all the quarterback kids seem to be stepping up, and it's kind of like a, you know, it's a it's not a it's not a great look, and so. Of course, we all well, really. It was it was Beasley Beasley leaving last year that was was opening the door for McKenzie, and McKenzie Precisely. had come in in those you know in the I forget which game it was. It was the Patriots game maybe that he had he just went off for like yep. ten catches and one hundred and forty seven yards and two touchdowns, and and people were screening for him to start over Beasley, um, and and you know and and that wasn't him every week, but he was definitely showing more in those games last year than he's showing now. And again, right. some of it might be other reasons, but it, it does seem like he's just not there. So whatever it is, I, I hope he figures it out. Um, and yeah, in terms of the rest of the league stuff, yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, the Dolphins clearly feel like they've still got, uh, they've got no reason to, they don't have any reason to to just assume the Bills are going to march to the march to the playoffs and get the division. Um, you know, it was about this time last year that the Bills suddenly started playing like garbage and lost, what, three out of four games and suddenly right. the the division was in question again well, and we had to fact, win they didn't have the division they by the time the patriots yeah. are done they were they were in second place yeah so it was it's it doesn't have to things can change rapidly i think this team is better um with von miller mm-hmm. hint 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 <laughs> um then then they were last year um but that that can change pretty rapidly so I'll just stop there, and then I think I'll wrap it up. Well, let me thank you so much for, for getting us all caught up there. That's that's really cool um, of you to to kind of stick with us and, and get there, Scott. I know this is a, an awkward week. Let me go ahead and let, get you caught up on the Friday injury report. The only person ruled out, as we said, was Jordan Poyer. Matt Milano was questionable. He didn't practice until today where he was limited. Um, Spencer Brown was listed as limited every day. He is questionable as well. Um Diggs didn't practice with the vet rest day. Tremaine Edmonds went from limited to full. Daquan Jones went from limited vet rest day to no game status. Taiwan Jones is now full. Cam Lewis was full. Von Miller was full, even though he had an ankle on, on Thursday. Mitch Morse was a full participant, despite being limited on Wednesday. And uh, the person who would have a designation um, now, who's not on the list, is, is Tredavious White who, in fact, um, was not on the injury report all week. But now that he's on the team, he would have to be on the injury report, So, which means he has been a full participant all week. Um, they said he's day-to-day. I guess that doesn't mean uh, that he'll play necessarily. Um, but, you know, with Jordan Poyer down, if they feel like he can play, I, my guess is they would try and rotate him in. Might not be a bad idea against a Jets team with Zach Wilson um at the quarterback position, you know, like not necessarily, you know, throwing him into the fire. It might be a good week to go ahead and do that. Before we get to this day in Bill's headlines, I'd like to briefly preview a new segment for you guys. Ooh. Um, it's, it's similar. Um, it's called Previously On. Uh, and what we're going to do, because we're going to play the Jets – I looked at the last times we played the Jets. It would have been much better if I had started this last week because the Packers game was four years ago. Um, But as you know, the Bills won both games in 2021 and actually the early 2022 season because it was in January. Um, 
I'm going to ask you two questions within 10 yards. How many yards did Zach Wilson throw against the Bills last year? Hmm, within 10 yards, how many yards did Zach Wilson? And he only played the one game against us, right? Because I think Matt White was their QB. In that the is correct. Game. I wasn't going to say that yet, but oh, you sorry. are correct. No, it's fine. Joe Flacco Thanks, and Mike Paul. White. Were the... <laughs> <laughs> Ruined how the segment. So he played a full game, Yep. Uh, and how many yards did he, he pass for? He was terrible. He got sacked a lot that day, I remember, but we're not counting the team passing yards. We're counting Zach Wilson pass yards. So mm -hmm. I guess I'll guess first since I'm going out. I'm going to say an even – I'm not going to say even. I'm going to say 101. I'm going to say 101 101 yards. yards. Scott, you got a guess? I had, I had 90 in my head for some reason. 90. The correct answer is 87. Oh, Scott Zach gets Wilson, it. Seven of twenty for eighty-seven yards, one touchdown, sacked mm. eight times. Mm. Eight times. I did uh, remember game, all the sacks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I could have done that. You know, maybe next time I'll be like, name who who got the sack. Uh, that was the twenty-seven to ten victory uh, in January. The far more fun victory was the forty-five seventeen victory, roughly this time last year in November. This is my question for you. Only one player for the Bills, despite scoring forty-five points scored more than one touchdown who was that buffalo bill hint I, that buffalo bill did not play in the second game against the jets didn't play in the second game that second game mattered and Diggs caught a touchdown in that second right. game so we can rule out Diggs. um i don't remember a further hint this player scored the touchdowns in two different ways I okay. either listed under two different categories. Right. So it could be he threw a touchdown and returned an interception for a touchdown. But that's probably not the combination. <laughs> yes. You remember when Josh Allen played quarterback. Yes. <laughs> hmm. So let's see. Could have done it too much. So, the, so what do you think? Scott, I guess Singletary. you're going to get okay, Singletary. You're going to go with Singletary. All, All right. right. So I'm going to say it's also probably someone who rushed and caught one rather than a kick return or anything because i can't think of any i think it was this the singletary throw touchdown that's what i was wondering no it is not i'm but gonna that, I... sucks i'm still stick with singletary now. okay you're gonna stick with singletary you're gonna be wrong but you're on the right <laughs> track all right well that that with, with that additional hint um i don't want to say zach moss but uh, they had someone who is the who is the this disposable... buffalo bill Played that? nine games for the Buffalo Bills oh, in 2021. It's going to be no... the 2021 TJ Yeldon is who it's going to be. But you are 100% fuck... right. Yeah. Who was the 2021 TJ Yeldon? That's what I'm trying. <laughs> this was last. Now I know how you guys feel. <laughs> like, I'm infuriated with myself. Like, this guy would have had significant. This player played with the Miami Dolphins in 2020. Oh, oh, it's the guy they got from San Francisco. Yeah. Brita. Matt Brita. Matt Brita. Machita Brita. Played nine games with the Bills, scored two touchdowns in this game, one receiving and one rushing. Um, <laughs> and I thought it was a great question because it absolutely is a this day in Bills headlines kind of question. Um, so there you go. So I like that. I like going yes. back. It's just a very discreet view of a game against the team we're coming up against. I kind of want to do that because I think the games are fun that we play. So, all right. Yes. Now I'm ready That's for so the, the, the real one, though. If you're all ready with this day in Bill's headlines, the granddaddy yes. of them all, the granddaddy, <laughs> which Vince McMahon would not let us call this segment. Um, if he had his choice. All right. This is going to be a haphazard. Nor with one the Rose because... Bowl for that matter, but okay. <laughs> 
So I had a, a crazy work day today, so we have a slightly minimal version of it. Um, but I think this is gonna be an exciting one. It's November 4th, 11-4. Um, so 2021, blank, remains as critical as ever to Bill's front four. Blank still has the best pure speed edge rush move of the six defensive ends on the roster. He leads the team in pressures and still leads defensive end, the defensive ends in playing time, the truest test of who the coaches trust the most. Jerry Hughes? Jerry Hughes, yeah. who we watched have two sacks last night. Good job, Jerry, uh, in, in the loss by the Texans to the Eagles. Um, 2020, Bill's running back blank up for NFL Rookie of the Week. Bill's rookie running back Blank had 81 rush yards and two rushing TDs versus the Pats on Sunday. Blank is the fourth rookie to have at least 80 rush yards and at least two rushing TDs in a game versus the Patriots in the Bill Belichick era, joining Clinton Portis, Maurice Jones, Drew, and Arian Foster. <laughs> uh, is it Moss? It is Moss. Yeah, I was going to say it. <laughs> and and yep, not, sorry, not, not the often that that he will be compared to that particular set of, of running backs. I know. It's got it's it's kind of funny that he uh and by the way, I've always struggled to spell his first name and I will note this article spells it both Z A C H and Z A C K and so that helps me minimally <laughs> figuring out what his spelling is. All that's right. like a that's like a Josh Allen comparative Twitter stat waiting to happen. Like, oh you think Zach Moss is bad? Well guess what? <laughs> yep. He's one of only five blah, blah. Yep. anyway. <laughs> it's Moss, Portis, Jones Drew, and Foster. The only time that group is gonna be lumped <laughs> together. All right. 2017 blank out for the year it was an ugly injury late in the game on buffalo's first onside kick attempt blank in an effort to get to the football was in a nasty collision and broke his arm his season is over as a result blank is going to be out for the year said head coach saw mcdermott he broke his left arm in the game and as you saw was in a lot of pain he's going to be out for the season at this point now with just LaShawn McCoy and Mike Tolbert is the only primary ball carriers on the roster. McDermott said he and GM Brandon Bean have already been in conversations as to the type of back they want to acquire to fit the demands of the running back position and special teams ability. Okay. So this is Brandon Bean. So it's well after Fred. Yep. It's LaShawn is not the guy. Right. It's whoever was with LaShawn. Right, who wasn't Mike Tolbert, who we've also established is there. Right. I will, since you were generous with the hints to get me to Matt Breida on the running back question a little while ago, be somewhat generous here in saying you would you very well know this guy, but and he is a running back, but that is not your first thought that comes to mind when you think of this guy. Taiwan Jones. Do I think of him as a Taiwan Jones. Scott Yay. knew where I was going with that. Uh, stint number one with the Bills uh, back in 2017. Man, he's – Yeah, it's, it's surprising here. that we even thought of him as a running back then. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was when he had his last carry was in 2017. I'll have to check his pro football yeah. reference page. 2016, Bills linebacker Blank named AFC Defensive Player of the Month. Blank is the first Buffalo Bills defender to win this award since defensive end Mario Williams in November 2014. It's also Blank's first Player of the Month award in his 10 NFL seasons. I will note that he – what's that? What year? Uh, 2016. Even though we're talking about his 10 NFL seasons, I will note that at this point this was his first season with the Bills. That was hmm. – So was this the – the cold front with Mario and Stroud. Yep. It, uh, yeah, well, no, Stroud was it was a Ben Mario. So in 2016, yeah. Well, yeah, Eric Dockery. 
Darius. Yeah, it was it was it was Williams, Darius, Hughes, and right, a guy who's listed as a um, linebacker, but really we thought of as an edge rusher, just like Von Miller. You call him oh, linebacker. Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenzo Alexander. Lorenz. There we go. All right, 2013. Blank made costly calls in Buffalo Bills loss. This one will this one will hit hard for us. Uh, offensive coordinator Blank made a couple of costly decisions in the Bills loss to Kansas City. He appeared on target early on trying to establish a short passing game for Jeff Tool. Unfortunately, with his team behind, they may have abandoned the run game too early in the fourth quarter. Nate Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett. Nate Hackett. Very good. Now busy blowing things for the Broncos. <laughs> the all evidence right. was all there, guys. Yep. I don't know what to tell you. Yep. Your fault, Denver. <laughs> all right. So we'll go to 2010. Bills try upscale rental with blank. The Bills don't appear to have much to lose besides some money in claiming blank. They must pay him the remainder of his salary over the final nine weeks of the season, which amounts to $1.7 million. The cost factor makes the addition somewhat of a surprise, even though the Bills have plenty of money to spend. You would think that would instantly that he would instantly help our pass rush, said linebacker Chris Kelsey upon learning the news Wednesday afternoon following practice, which he said had been in the work for a couple weeks. So mid-season signing 2010, helping with the pass rush is what Chris Kelsey thought this was going to do, which it did mm. not really do. I think this guy totaled yeah, I think that's one sack yeah. in two Soft seasons face. with the Bills. Yeah. But the word upscale should also give a hint as to who this this would be. Gucci. <laughs> Gucci Vuitton, right? Yes. People forget Gucci Vuitton. Um, I believe, I shouldn't say I believe, I know, in fact, uh, former Bills, or former Bills, excuse me, former NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Um, we had a former NFL. It's not. We didn't. We didn't bring Merriman on mid-season. It, it is. Off-season. Yeah, we did. We brought him on Sean mid-season. Merriman. It was Sean Merriman. We brought him Lights on mid-season. Out. He had one practice with and the then, Bills. Took a season-ending injury and didn't even play yeah. in 2010 when we got him. Then was with the Bills in 2011 and 20. Actually, That's played right. with the Bills in 2011 and 2012. Right. From okay. the start of the season. All right. Uh, 2003. I accidentally have two headlines from this year. We're just going to roll with that. Yep. Blank signs contract extension. The 27-year-old Blank has played in all eight games for the Bills in 2003 with seven starts at tight end. He ranks fourth on the Bills with 23 receptions covering 197 yards. So this was a guy who played tight end for the Bills from 03 to 05. 70 catches, 681 yards, and 60 Ds. Uh, led the Bills tight ends and receptions and yards every season he played with the Bills. Which, again, is the equivalent of one season of Scott Chandler, which gives you an idea of how bad the Bills were at tight end for three years. Was it Was it? Was it? For- it wasn't Jay Reimersma, was it? It was not Reimersma. He was yeah, better, I, say, I think Reimersma he was like was 99. Right to, he yeah. was gone. He was gone by then. It was so just gone. Yeah, Reimersma was 99 to 01. Then they brought in a guy, I think, named Dave yeah. Moore for 2002. And then Dave Moore was... is who I was going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> is this Mark Campbell soup? It is Mark Campbell soup. Good job. <laughs> well Nicely done. Yes. I almost in 2007, I almost used a headline for Derek Fine. Wait, I can't do Derek Fine and Mark Campbell in the same week, so we're going to have to wait. <laughs> that's, that's cheating. It's putting a hex on Dawson Knox at that point. Right. All right. The penultimate one, also from 2003. Blank's performance had a ring to it. Blank did a Ugh. super job, Pat's coach Bill Belichick said. You just can't say enough about Blank. He's run hard all year. I'm sure it's good for him to do it here. He's a good back. I'm glad we got him. Okay. So Antoine Smith. Antoine Smith. Yeah. Really? And Bill making sure to rub it in in a very passive aggressive manner that they 
that he went and got a ring with the Patriots and was running all over the Bills that day. Yeah. All right, last one. Going back 35 years to 1987, Dickerson gallops for Colts after rift with Rams prompts trade. A typical headline from the Christian Science Monitor, which I think is the first time I've pulled a headline <laughs> from Christian Science Monitor for this day in Bill's headline. Eric Dickerson, who went from the Colts to the Rams to the Bears to somebody else. He bounced around quite a bit toward the end of he, his He was the most traded player ever with four <laughs> different teams he was actually traded to. The Raiders, that was the other one. Yeah. Okay, All right, sorry, says, go ahead. Uh, this past weekend, and you, you had the first one reversed. You went Rams to Colts. But yes, this past weekend, right. Los Angeles Rams dealt 6'3", 220-pound running back. Excuse me. Yeah, 220-pound running back Eric Dickerson, the best running back in the National Football League, to the Indianapolis the Colts. Colts. The trade also involved the Buffalo Bills, who received right. the rights to linebacker Cornelius Bennett. Right. In return for Dickerson, the Rams will receive Indy's first and second round 1988 draft choices, a 1989 second round pick, plus fullback Owen Gill. And they will also receive Buffalo's 1988 first round choice, Buffalo's 1989 first and second round choices, plus running back blank. Uh, uh, was this, what was his name? Brooks? No, Greg Bell. Greg Bell! Yes! I didn't even need any, you guys today. Yes! Man. I'm going through my 80s football cards in my mind, and I'm like, it was, yes. Man, with th names like Nate Hackett and Greg Bell and Mark Campbell, I thought this was going to be a tougher week, and I had a Taiwan Jones in there, which Scott uh, sniffed up. This was as impressive uh, this day in Bill's headlines guessing, as I can recall. So we'll, we'll I, try and always I, podcast on November 4th because you, yeah. you guys do well that day. We're good on this one. Okay, so the Bills are favored by 11 and a half <laughs> against the New York Jets, which is, I mean, the Jets are not, they're five and three. I, I get we all believe that they're not good. Uh, I get that, like, you know, Zach Wilson hasn't done all that much. I know that they're down uh, that the star running back that was that was really running their team. They seem to have a good pass rush, um, which I think you know is 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 to their credit. Obviously, um, I think it's a big line though. I mean, I'm looking at this game. I think that it's you a big know, line. It, I, I I I would not necessarily be, especially with a division game in MetLife Stadium. It's a road game. You know, if 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 Buffalo wins this game, you know, uh, 28-24 or 28-21, I think that's fine. Um, you know, I, it'd be nice if they blew out the Jets, but I'm not going to go in there and predict it, especially after that wonky second half. That wonky second half, I kind of want to see if the Bills are going to get their sea legs under them and go ahead. I would expect they would. There's nothing about the Bills that would make you believe that they, they suddenly aren't going to prepare well. Um, you know, even during that stretch last year, Scott, that includes a game against the, the Buccaneers uh, where they, they storm back and almost win the game. They, there, there's some caveats. You know, Trey White goes down in, in that stretch. But to me, the Patriots win game. The Patriots win game, right? Exactly. There's some there's some asterisks in that stretch there. So you know, all things being even, I would expect the Bills to go in and beat the Jets. But if the Jets keep it close because they have some pride and they want to play hard and they're going to be prepared, um, I don't think it's a knock if the Bills don't cover the points. Scott, you once you go ahead and do this, and we'll let Paul finish up. I was I was um, three weeks ago. I had kind of circled this game as I think the Bills are going. Oh, I think this okay. smelled smelled like a like a Bills, you know, coming high off of some wins, off the bye. Um, maybe the Jets, you know, weren't weren't going to be five and three at that point, but they're four and four. 
And and but I, I liked what I was seeing out of the Jets. I think they had again they had a good running back. Um, you know, Wilson was trying to avoid making mistakes. I think their defense is quite good, actually. They have mm-hmm. in addition to a good defensive line, they have the I think they have Sauce Gardner. Sauce right? Gardner, that, right, corner. of course. Um uh so so I, I was I was worried that this was a game the Bills were gonna lose against a scrappy Jets team that they maybe they were overlooking. Um now, um three weeks later, I feel like um while that line is too high, I don't think I can pick the Bills to lose just because of the of the um, the injury to Hall, um, the the injury to just two also two of their offensive linemen. Um, I think I'm trying to remember who it was the guard, um, Deha Tucker or something, and then maybe Makai Becton. I think also yeah um, done. So so that hurts the the running game. It hurts you know they couldn't protect Wilson last week. Obviously, the Bills are going to be, you know, Miller's Miller's back and, and practicing, so hopefully he's, he's good to go on Sunday. Right. Um, but uh, so I think that that puts this out of, um, you know, be a spicy, um, you know, pick the Jets to win a close one. And I think the Bills still win. I think I, w- I would take the points. I think the Bills, um, I don't think they're sleepwalking, but I would say a, a 24-17 um, victory for the Bills is, is not out of the question. Um, where they get slowed down enough and hamstrung enough, and they're you know not quite playing their A game, and the Jets, the Jets hang with them, um, and maybe they get a touchdown late to 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 kind of keep the pressure on. But um, ultimately, I don't I don't think the Jets have enough firepower to keep up with the Bills for the whole whole sixty minutes. So that's that's it. Yeah, my my final score will have the Bills covering. It will look very lopsided. It will look like a blowout. Uh, so I apologize to all the Jets fan listeners we have in advance mm-hmm. for that. I, I do not have much faith in, faith in the Jets' offense. It does look like uh, Dwayne Brown is, is going to play practice in full today, their tackle, and Nate, Nate Herbig also uh, practiced in full today. Uh, Corey Davis will be out, uh, and that's not going to help the Jets' offense, and that's what really does uh, – the Jets' defense is Scott said. It's a good defense. They're not yeah. just like an up-and-coming defense. They're not, you know, just one like, oh, they, they're developing. They're good, you know. I think it's going to be tough to – mount the drives they normally could against uh you know some of the opponents that we've seen the bills play so far i do not trust this this jets offense at all especially without Brees hall i right. i think they're we saw that against the patriots last week they looked pretty bad the patriots do not have uh nearly the offense that the the bills do and they were able to put up 19 or the defense that the bills do excuse me and, and they were able to hold the jets to 10 points I think the Bills, as a result, are going to have good field position a lot this day. I've listed the final, and I this could be way wrong. I have a 31 to 13 Bills. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's just because we're going to see some Wilson turnovers. I think the Bills are going to be in off- good advantageous field position. I think the Jets' defense is going to wear down by the end of that game. Uh, but I I think it'll be closer throughout much of the game. But I think eventually the Jets are going to shoot themselves in the foot with mistakes, and uh, hopefully we, we're talking about a seven and one Bills team next week. We'll see. That'd be that'd be awesome. I'm I'm kind of uh, I I thoroughly support your logic. I find no fault in it really, other than I'm a little hedgy after after <laughs> you know a little bit of week. But I, yeah. historically, I'm not as scared of good defenses anymore. I'm I'm scared of good offenses, mm-hmm. you know, and teams that can kind of do enough of both. Yeah, like those, we're we're, those no, we're never picking the Bills to win again, win by the Chiefs against 10 points on this podcast. No, right. <laughs> those games are always going to be one score <coughs> games. Well, we really hope you listened this week uh, or enjoyed listening this week. Excuse me. We also really hope that you did, in fact, listen. Um, <laughs> thank you so much, though, for that. Uh, we're excited in, about this. Hopefully it sounds a little bit better than it has in the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. I certainly sounded better to me on my headphones, so I think that 
this will be good. Um, you can find us MNY Bills on Twitter. Let us know how we're doing. Otherwise, uh, enjoy your weekend and any clocks that may or may not be changing <laughs> for you. Until then, my name is Frank. I'm Scott. I'm Paul. Good night, everybody.